0: Welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks, fervorinos, and homilies from Loper Catholic and the St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work on the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska, by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at Loper Catholic. Now, enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self and please pray for us. God bless. Well, good morning and happy Easter. Um, continue, again, we're still in the Easter season. We continue to live in joy, this new reality. The crucified and risen one is about to ascend to the Father. So we live in the joy of the new reality that comes through the cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Um is this being our last Sunday of the semester, just a couple quick notes just to reiterate in the announcements to keep an eye on the mass times and the bulletin. Next Sunday especially, um, we switch a little closer to a summer mass schedule on Sundays. So there'll just be two masses next Sunday, this one, and, and to note the evening mass is at 7 during the summers. Um, it's easier for the coverage and all kinds of reasons. So during the last couple weekends of May, June, and July. Um, The the evening mass will be at 7. And then after next weekend, it's the only Sunday mass um, that's offered here is 7 p.m. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, Another quick note um, to mothers, those that are here, a happy Mother's Day to you. Um, It's a great day of celebration, celebrating and honoring our mothers. Um, So make sure to if you're, if you're not with your mom today, um, to call her at the very least. Um, and if you do get a chance to be with your mom, make sure she doesn't do any work today. Um, she gets to just relax and receive um, on this day. We also honor the saints, um, our spiritual mothers in this life, but also those uh, who are awaiting us in heaven. We were gifted, those who didn't know or haven't seen or haven't been here, a, a relic of Mother Teresa. Uh, first class relic it's by the side of the altar it's there for public veneration um, and so to honor her and, uh, and thank her for her intercession for our parish throughout this year um, uh, mother Teresa who guides us and leads us spiritually uh, here at the parish um, and then lastly are the spiritual mother of all of us the blessed mother make sure you make a phone call to her her Phone number is the rosary. And so pull out your rosary and say rosary today. Uh, honoring the Blessed Mother and asking for her continued intercession and gratitude for gifts given to us. She's she was given to us on the cross by Jesus, so we want to honor her and ask for her intercession continually in her life. On the sixth Sunday of Easter, we continue our final preparations um, for the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost this Thursday. Jesus Um, we celebrate his ascension bless you back to the father in heaven and we celebrate that on ascension thursday jesus will leave uh, his physical presence being taken up into the throne room of heaven to be united fully with the father and so we prepare for that moment these last these last days so it's important for us to really listen to lean in to jesus what did he say to the apostles just before he was to depart. What are the words that he left them with? These are critical, very important things for us to hear and to receive as he prepares to ascend back to the Father in heaven. So what does he say in today's gospel, this beautiful passage from John 14? We know this passage falls within the farewell discourse of Jesus in the gospel of John. They're in the upper room. This is right before Jesus goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane, is arrested, crucified, and then three days later rises from the dead. These words uh, are very poignant by our Lord. So what does he say? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. What are the two greatest commandments? Love God with all your mind, heart, soul, your entire being, and love your neighbor as yourself. Deuteronomy 6, Leviticus 19. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's critical for us that if we want to show our love to the Lord, if we want blessing in our life, the blessing of his mercy, the blessing of his love, I need to follow him, love him with our whole self, and love our neighbours ourself. It's as simply as staying in union with him. Remain in me as I am in you. This is the command, the last command that he leaves us. And it's really that simple. It's really that simple. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And what does that lead to then? And I will ask the Father. So if you keep my commandments, if you love me and keep my commandments, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. Advocate, the Greek, Pericletus, So Pericletus is to call to be by the side of. It's called to the side of. It's like an advocate, a defense attorney like right next to you to defend you, to advocate on your behalf Jesus was the first paraclete he will send another to be with us his physical presence again going into heaven, the Holy Spirit will be sent so who is this other advocate, the Spirit of Truth the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity to be called to be by our side, to remind us of the commandments primarily, to teach us in the way of love, to keep us united to the Father in the person of Jesus. Remain in me as I am in you. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, is being sent into the worlds. The world can't accept the Spirit. The world cannot see the Spirit. God has no body. He took on flesh in the person of Jesus, the Son, but the Spirit has no body. You know him because he remains with you. You know him because you've seen my face. Just like you know the face of the Father, you know the Spirit. When you've encountered Jesus Christ, you've encountered the Father and you've encountered the Spirit. You know him. He remains with you the eternal presence of God, the glory of God that's been given to you, you meaning the disciples, the followers of Christ. And he will be in you. And this is something for us, it's difficult for us to understand. It's difficult for us to to understand. We're limited by space and time. How can you have another? Do you have a little person inside your head talking to you? How do you, What do you mean? Be in me? Remember, no body. We've been transformed through our baptism into the temple of God. We died to ourself. We rose like Jesus died and rose. Destroy this temple, and I will build it in three days. The temple of Himself. Not just His body, His soul, His whole being. And God took up residence in us, in our baptism. He will be in you. It's important, and it's tied to the idea of, of marriage. Jesus on the cross espoused himself to humanity. We're now united with God. The two become one flesh, human and divine, in the person of Jesus. So in that same way, when he sends the Holy Spirit, the advocate to be with us, the church and us individually. There is that two becoming one flesh, and the spirit is in us, takes up residence in our very self. Why is this all important? Why are these the words that Jesus is telling us as he leaves? That I will send another advocate. And the spirit will be in you. He will remain with you always. I won't leave you orphans. If you love me, keep my commandments. Why is he using these last words, these last moments of his life on earth to tell the apostles this? What does it matter? Does it even matter? That God is with us, that he's one with us, that he's in us? Absolutely. But we still ask the question, He redeemed all of humanity. We're set free from sin and death, right? So what difference does it make? Why does it matter that God is with us? If he's redeemed the world, it shouldn't matter. But it does. It does. It has to do with the sacraments. His eternal presence acting in our life every day. That God doesn't just set things right and then go off and do his thing. He's intimately connected to our life. The two have become one flesh on the cross for all time, for eternity. It's not good for man to be alone. When we're left to our own devices, we fall away. There's a when I do I do lots of weddings, so I don't always do a little joke to start the homily. It depends on the, on the the people in the people there. If they need it, I do it. If not, that's fine. Sometimes the bride and groom, their heads are about to explode because they're so nervous, so I do something to break the tension a little bit for them. I stole one from Cardinal Dolan. It goes something like this. So there's a a priest who had a, a married couple that came to him. And they said, Father, our parents are getting ready to celebrate their 50th anniversary. So we want to do something special, renew their vows and do a little reception after mass and bring in the whole family for the weekend. He says, great. So they got it set up and everything was arranged on a Saturday night vigil mass. Uh, the couple, the, the, those celebrating their 50th came forward. They did the renewal of the vows. All the family were there, all their kids, grandkids, all that. After mass, they went to the parish hall and cut the cake and all these things. It's a great celebration. The hall was full of people just wanting to celebrate this 50th anniversary. So the priest goes over after he unvests and has a piece of cake. He sits down with with those with the with the couple that's celebrating their 50th and they he goes, "Wow, congratulations. What an amazing thing. 50 years of marriage. Um, 50 years of marriage that you're celebrating right here. Look at all the fruit. Just this room is full of joy and excitement and wow. And so the the husband kind of looks at his wife and looks back at father with a half grin and says, well, father, I'd pump the brakes on that, on that. Congratulations. You see? Yeah. I mean, well, it is great that we're celebrating this. We did something very similar for our 25th. Celebrated like this, renewed our vows and everything. In fact, we, afterwards we uh, celebrated and did a second honeymoon. We went to Ireland had an amazing time. It was just incredible seeing the old country, being back there, you know. And that was so good, in fact, Father, for our 50th, I went back and got her. <laughs> so, again, the implication that you can remain together, remain one, it's contingent upon the reality that the two Remain in communion with each other. That's why it matters. That fruit cannot have its fullness without this oneness. The spirit that is being sent on Pentecost for you and I is critical for our communion with God. That not only will he advocate for us, give us the words we need, Not only will he guide us in all our decisions and be by our side within us, but he'll keep us united to God in heaven. That spousal commitment that we have when we say yes through our baptism, when we're crucified and rise with him through our baptism. The spirit being sent is a major step in our own journey to heaven. Lastly, through these last few weeks, we've seen how God's plan for salvation has is carried out in the church, the institution of the sacraments, seen baptism, Eucharist, and 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 the confession. Today, in our first reading, we need to to notice another sacrament um, that's present in our church: confirmation. The first reading, Acts chapter eight, is. Acts chapter 8 and 19 are the, the foundations for the liturgical um, the liturgical carrying out of the sacrament of confirmation. Theologically, it's John 3 and Romans 6. But liturgically, it's Acts 8 and 19. What happens in our first reading? The deacon Philip baptizes, unless he has the commission to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that baptism adopts them as children of God and forgives their sins. You receive in baptism the fullness of God. You become a temple of the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at baptism. The sanctifying grace of making you holy and forgiving your sins happens. At confirmation, you are confirmed as God's child, like Jesus coming out of the waters of his own baptism. This is my beloved son, who I'm well pleased. Confirmation is the apostle coming and laying hands on you to strengthen you for the Christian journey. Uh, confirming the reality that this is my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased. Confirmation strengthens us for the Christian journey, sanctifies us and transforms us. It brings light to that interior temple of the Holy Spirit to help us. To help us do what? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. May God, the Holy Spirit, come down upon us today in this Mass to enlighten our hearts, to remind us of the election, the choice that God has made for you and I to be his followers, his disciples. And may we be open to listening to the Holy Spirit acting in our life.